Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey Siri, give me H-Town Soccer. Talking all things Houston Dynamo FC. This is the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. We are Forever Orange. What up, H-Town? Welcome to another episode of the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. My name is Rudy Segura, and tonight we don't have the usual suspects. Christian is out doing some weird things. I know he's about to go in like, you know, business retreat. I'm sure he's going to SeaWorld since he's going to San Antonio. Rodrigo's actually driving to Houston uh, to be here for the rest of the week. So it'd be kind of funny because we may do a live recording of our other uh, show of Pendejadas y un poco de fútbol. So, you know, if you you guys listen to that, uh, it should be a fun one. But tonight we do are uh, joined by Manny. Manny, what's up, man? How you been? Hey, I've been good, everyone. You're uh, all weakened out from your concert, brother. Yeah, man, that's it, man, that's it, man, that's it, man. The batteries are dra- are drained drained out, bro. <laughs> it's other yeah. than that, I'm good. All right, Manny may be a little low low energy today, just because uh, he's not feeling all that great. But he did us a solid for being here, as well as we're joined by a special guest, uh, none other than Finister from Houston Dynapod. How you doing, man? I'm good. You meant special as in like welcoming, happy to be here, right? Yeah, definitely. Not right. not a yeah, man. Special. Dude, I love I love talking to y'all. I love coming on the show. You guys are great. Appreciate it. Yeah, this should be this should be a good one. Obviously, like you haven't interacted with Manny, and Manny brings different perspectives. So we'll see how this goes. I'm I'm kind of a little energy myself. I was telling you guys, uh, the last two days have been kind of weird. I finally put a listing for you know brand new to uh, the realtor. Uh, I guess life. So we ended up putting some uh, a house up for sale for a client. So yesterday I didn't get home to almost ten, and then today I was got home and started doing a freaking webinar. So yay me, you know. It just feels like I stack more crap on top of what I already have, but it's all good, man. It's a part of life. We do that, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna hire you next summer because I'm I'm buying a house. Hey, man, keeping you in mind. Here, definitely keeping you in mind, man. No, I'll like I, out. I. And then that was me like telling you, I'm gonna like hire you to help me out, unless you don't want to. Uh huh. I'm cool. I'm cool. Just let me know, man. I'll try to try to do my do my best for you. Are you trying oh, to stay yeah. in the in where you live right now, or you're trying to move like completely? Oh no, I'm just trying to stay out here. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's gonna it's... be tough though. The market is still a small market, man. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's interesting i was actually my uh i guess talking keeping it realtor wise yeah my sister-in-law was looking for or I was looking for a place so we were looking at houses are still not lasting like a couple of days man yeah it's starting to cool off a little bit well so. especially with school starting and stuff but uh let's uh let's talk some dynamo I, you know the the game that happened on the weekend it was a game that i honestly you know i knew we were gonna lose 
I was hopeful because it was a home match. Um, I was at the game. Manny was in Dallas, not watching FC Dallas play. He was doing something else. And then, uh, Finn, I think, were you at the game as well? I was. I, uh, it was my five year old daughter's first professional soccer match. Yeah. It was, it was, she had fun. She doesn't know who won or lost. So she had a blast. Hey, that's, that's better, man. I wish that was me, you know, finding no, what is it, Dory mentality right there. Not she, uh, she goes, Are the Astros winning? I was like, Sweetheart, we're, this is the Dynamo. What are you like, doing? What, every goal she was screaming, Touchdown or home run? I was going to call security on her. <laughs> like, this, this, this person's harassing me. Get her out of here. Uh, Manny, did you get to watch any of the game, man? I know, like I yeah. said, you were busy. Yeah. So on the way driving to Dallas, I was listening to the game. So I didn't watch the game, the game, uh, uh, you know, how watching it live or, you know, being in the stadium, but I did listen to it, the commentary, and also I saw the high, the full extended highlights. So I got a good grasp of what the game happened and uh, our mistakes as well. Well, we always talk mostly Dynamo. I mean, at the end of the day, we are Dynamo Theory. We would love for another podcast to join us, you know, to talk about the Dash. Um, so before we completely get into the game, I do want to say the Dash ended up playing on Friday, which was an important match, I guess, uh, outside of the soccer aspect, just because it was Rachel Daly's basically farewell. Uh, it ended kind of boring 0-0, zero, zero, um, but with the new codes, they're still undefeated. Then we had Dynamo, which we'll definitely get into. And then to end it, Dynamo Dose played. I don't know if you guys got to watch it. I haven't been able to go to a match since they're like late Sunday night. But man, that was a feisty, you know, end to the game. Literally on the PKs, uh, it was kind of funny to see both like the players kind of just screaming at each other's goalies. It was, it was pretty funny. Um, and the referee was one of the worst I've ever seen. She pulled out a yellow cards for pretty much everybody. And then even gave uh, the goalie what a second yellow, and obviously it wasn't a red card. And then everybody like questioning it. And then she goes to Kenny Bundy and keeps that yellow card up and just walks and points at everybody like, "What the hell is happening?" I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any input in this, but uh, if you do, Manny, you want to throw something out there? You know what's funny? Like she gave out I don't know how many yellow cards, but freaking uh, MLX Next Pro only counted like maybe two or three of them. So I don't know if really our yellow cards were validated. So I have no idea. But uh, no, I think I think just the overall match of that, uh, it was poorly poorly handled. You know, because there were so calls on both sides. That's why I think a lot of tension came up. She didn't give a lot of calls for Color Rapids or even for uh, uh, for Dynamo Dose. So I think just the tension, even even the last uh, kick of the game before full time. You know, there was a penalty call that she literally just did not call for the Dynamo. And it's like, and that just stirred up a lot more emotion. I just feel like, I feel like she didn't handle the situation from the beginning game. And it's just by the time the penalty calls, it would just, everyone went just, went, went nuts. And uh, Finn, I, I was able to listen to both of your new episodes. Uh, the uh, 15 minute one you did for, uh, you know, the game against Montreal and the one you did recently with, uh, Eric, uh, what is it? Old soccer guy. Old soccer guy, the ticket genie. That's a good one, man. I need to get him and to uh, to join us one one of this uh, upcoming episodes. But I was gonna say, 
you know, because of you, I ended up watching some of the uh, some of the uh, YouTube videos that you were mentioning. And I I was very surprised, like you mentioned, how, you know, fiery um, was his name? Um, Brooklyn Reigns. Brooklyn Reigns was. Yes, man. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, I he like lost it. it. Uh, he, I mean, it. I like it, but it, it looked like he was he. If nobody had held him back, I think he would have gotten himself suspended. I think he would have physically went after him with his fist. He just looked. That was that kind of worried me, but I like the intensity. I'm, I'm always for that. Yeah, no, like I said, it was it was good. It was fiery. Uh, it's, you want to see that uh, from these young guys because we really don't have a lot of it in the first team. Uh, so, you know, I think it was Reigns. Palomino missed that PK, yes, which I don't yeah. know how the hell he missed that when he like hits, you know, those really long free kicks. Basically, that I think he treats them as penalties. But anyways, um, the other one that was very fiery too was actually Juan Castilla. Yeah, he was out there. Yeah, he was out there. You know, just barking at everybody, and everybody that, and their mama. But that official went. That official went full Oprah with the yellow card. She was like, "You get a yellow card. You get a yellow card. No everybody gets a yellow card, and it's." I, I mean, it sucks to see that, you know, because that's that's new. Female officials, it's new here. And you haven't seen an incident like that on the professional level. I haven't. I mean, but there's been questionable calls, but it happens with males as well. I wonder, like, if maybe it's the age group she's dealing with. They're a little less mature, a little quick to impulse. That resulted in her losing control because, I mean, that's a tough group, man. Those are teenage kids. Yeah, and and like you said, I think it was the fact that she was, or actually uh, Manny mentioned the fact that like calls were just awful. Uh, you know, there was like thing a couple like questionable calls that could have been penalties. That there was a few other bad challenges that could have been either a yellow or a red card. And uh, you just saw like the emotions just kind of boil up, man. And and this is a funny thing. I don't know if Manny saw it, but on the group chat, uh, our boy Billy was telling us the fact that he he almost got in trouble himself, man. Like he was um kind of got into it. He was out there taking pictures uh for us and, and he kinda just I don't know if he said something to the refs or whatever, but the refs kinda called him out and was like, What the heck? And it's just kinda funny. He really thought he was gonna get in trouble. Like kicked out forever for the dynamo or something even though he really didn't do anything bad but again it, it just kind of it, 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 the the uh the emotions just kind of kind of overtakes everybody man <laughs> which yeah. yeah it's pretty funny. i think i think i think i think i think for us like we're so invested in the team i think and they're like you know like kenny bunny always says you know this is like a fortress for us playing aviva and so and i getting the calls right and just being boiled uh just emotionally and everything i think you know from the videos that i see and people i feel like everyone got emo- emotional then not just coaches the media staff everyone so it's so it's normal but i think i think as always you know like finister said you know i think they're just i think we're the older ones i think we should control ourselves more but like you know but it's easy to lay our feelings you know Get carried away when we're in that situation. They were the same supporters that chucked thousands of bracelets at pro referees during the Dallas match. I mean, I'm not sure our maturity level is that high. We're just all a bunch of kids trying to figure it out sometimes, you know? But that's what I was saying, man. Imagine if it was like bubblehead night. A couple of people would have gone to the ER. 
Well, it depends on which bobblehead. If you had a Tim Parker bobblehead, he'd kill somebody with one of those. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, man. But talking about a little bit about freaking objects flying at PNC Stadium. Again, Houston, man, they're they're on a four-game losing streak that started against Minnesota. Obviously got destroyed by Philadelphia. Uh, ended up choking against Vancouver. And then just could not um, take care of Montreal at home. Um, it was kind of exciting to see Kyoto uh, back because there's that love and hatred for him uh, being at the stadium. And I'm sure since, um, what's it called, the finisher you were there, you saw a lot of Honduran jerseys. Uh, I did. I did. Accurate statement. Oh, yeah. There was uh, quite a few. I usually see a few El Salvador jerseys because mm-hmm. of Seren, who, by the way, did you notice his hair? Yes. I'm not a fan. Yeah, and, and Coco too. You know, Coco got the the D row Conros going. Uh so I don't know, man. I, I don't think that worked out for them. I, I it's I miss Coco with the fro. Fro fro Coco. I agree, man. Now he's cornrow Coco. He went from what is his name? Axel is it Axel Witzel? Was the guy's name? He or, pulled like a Colin Kaepernick too. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say he he yeah. It didn't, it didn't really fit him, but it is what it is. I don't know, but it was fun to see definitely Kyoto out there, uh, just because he again brings that definitely that fiery of the fans, and um, apparently it was a really good crowd, man. You were there. It said uh, they called it out as like almost a sellout. I think there were like a couple hundred short of a uh, full stadium. Um, it was really empty in the beginning of the match. And then by halftime, it was packed. I don't know. I was in the medium booth the entire time, so I couldn't tell you if it was just people getting there late or people just stuck at freaking buying the dollar hot dogs or whatever, man. Um, beer line. It was it the beer line? They were outrageously long. I didn't even get in them. I paid full price like a schmuck. See, that's what's annoying, man. They need to do a better job of just filtering people in and out. There's no way you can be out there for something so simple that you already know it's a dollar. You know, like, just make it accessible for everybody. And what kind of beer do they have to begin with for the $3? The Keystone or something like that? It was Rolling Rock, Dos Equis, Bug Light, Miller Light, maybe. I don't know. I just went and paid regular price. I wasn't going to miss a half an hour of the game. Usually it's uh, Rolling Rock, uh, was a Nutty Light, Nutty Light, and uh, others, and and Bush. Usually those was three he, beers. La, um, yeah, that's probably true. Because like last season, I remember that they even had like Carbog for like you know the three dollars at one point. I was like, this is not bad. I mean, that maybe they didn't know that they were supposed to not <laughs> sell it for three dollars, and I got lucky like the two three times that they had it. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that beer lineup, Manny, that sounds like something you'd find at a NASCAR race. Yeah. Bushlight, Keystone, and Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock's not bad. The other two. Oh. Keystone's no, like should... all my buddies when I was in you know, high school and college would buy just because that's all they could afford, man. Yeah. They should do like what uh what a dash does it. The dash uh a dash has the hot dogs and every food food uh stand. Food, well they did that. They did that. It was the beer. The uh, beer lines oh. were like a hundred to two hundred people long. Man, man, I don't know, but they didn't either 
get faster people or people need to have their money already <laughs> to, to charge uh, them. Exactly. Like, what are the choices? It's either a hot dog or a hot dog or a hot dog. Like, what the hell, man? Like, it's it's really not that difficult. It should be like, well, you want heart disease or cirrhosis of the liver? Pick one. Exactly. I'd like both. Hook them up. Just go for it. Yeah. I, I think that that's really one annoying thing that doesn't get talked about enough. Just, you know, the, the Dynamo organization try to make it more of a fan experience, but you can't have that outrageous time to just try to get some food, man. It's ridiculous. And that's obviously beyond the price of items as well. They're not all that great. I don't know about you guys, but I don't. I hate spending, you know, $50 every time I go to watch a game. That's why I don't take my wife. That's pure honesty, man. My wife, every time she goes, she has to get some kind of margarita and a meal. And it turns out to be like a hundred dollars by the end of the night. So I, it's not a good, good way to go. I will go somewhere else. Nice. Two children. Bring your, wait till your kids are old enough. Then it gets real expensive. Oh, I know. I know. Oh my God. I just like little barely, money vampires. I barely took them to like the, you know, movie theaters recently. And uh, yeah, I can already see that's gonna hurt my pocket. And now I'm telling, I'm already telling mine like we can't go out monkeypox, we can't <laughs> spend money monkeypox. You know that here, this is this is funny. So I dated this one girl. I don't know if I've, I've said this story here before, but I, I I dated a girl that she was adopted. Anyway, that's not necessarily the point, but it was twelve of them. So it was the parent, the people that adopted them. Um, they had three of them their own. And then they adopted nine more kids, bro. So the where I was going with this, I would always like, uh, you know, I, mean, I guess it was like every Friday night or something. The guy would show up with like two movies, like brand new movies, you know, so say like they're like $30 a movie. And in my head, I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like, how are you going to spend just 30? Yeah, me be naive. Then you start thinking, I'm like, well, crap, that's way cheaper than taking nine kids to the movie theater. <laughs> I was like, hey, He's got, he's got to save somehow, man. Can't, can't be spending like 200 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Like at first in my head, I was like, this guy, well, that's kind of dumb to do that. But then I was like, now me having kids and paying for my bills, I was like, that guy was a genius. Like this dude had like the newest movie out there when it came out because, because it made sense. Obviously, this is before like Disney Plus and all the streaming services kicked in because now it'd be even cheaper, man. <laughs> yeah man he's went to blockbuster hollywood rented a movie for the weekend and he's like that's it call it a weekend <laughs> i know does the red box even exist anymore to be honest yeah they're still here yeah i do i have so many like free movie nights and i forget to use them i have uh-huh. a bunch of codes like if you guys want them and y'all can have them because like I've, you could I've... you could use them as promos for the show that's true, and that's actually what I used them for 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 uh, a different organization. But I had some left over, and honestly, they've been sitting there for a while. They should be good though; they're like never, never expiring type of thing. So no, they, guess... they usually don't. They usually don't expire. But but you know, like you said, Disney Plus and everything, Paramount Plus, all these like literally, you know, if you can't wait for the movie like for two weeks at Redbox, it could gonna come out in the streaming shows. So. But that's you know yeah, you want that right crazy. now. Well, let me let me bring it back to the Dynamo because I'm kind of I I'm, I'm, I sidetracked everything. But 
Another weird thing, man, was apart from the, obviously the stadium being a pretty good crowd. If it was, you know, 21,000 plus or not, it was a really good crowd um, on Saturday. And the weather was actually pretty nice, man. It, it ended up being like low 80s by the time um, kickoff being at 8 o'clock or whatever. And uh, but media, you know, obviously, uh, Manny, you're in there, you know, often in the media booth. And, uh, dude, it was empty like it was literally me christian and then there was like a like basically like the rest of the row empty except for one guy that was like in all montreal basically had you know blue pants some kind of blue t-shirt a hat and he was just like super loud celebrating everything when you really don't do that there but uh and Did he like, only speak French? Like, was it no, all in this French? Is the weird oh. thing. He was talking Spanish. Soccer's a global game, Rudy. I know, but but I'm, what I'm saying is, like, we really were. Me and Christian were like, I, I bet that this is like Kyoto's friend or something, and was like, "Hey, man, I got I got tickets for you if you want to sit and watch the game for free." I want to hear him like angry in French, like "Qu'est-ce que c'est? Oui, oui, je m'appelle." <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it was pretty pretty interesting because yeah, there was not that many people there in front of us. Uh, we had uh, what's the guys from uh, Africa Africa Sports? Ed, um, Sam and Banu. Yeah, Sam. I and saw Banu. them out there recording, man. Like, I, did they do that because of teenage? No, they've been following the game, the team for a while now. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been following it for quite a while. I mean, yeah, that's you know that's a demographic that we miss is the Nigerian I, demographic I here. There's, I, there's yeah. And they're they're talented. There there are good African uh, Saudi, Monday. yeah. They're, he's Senegal, but there are a ton of Nigerians here, and we could we don't even even touch that market. No, I, I agree. That's one thing that I've always had like that. And then some people say Vietnamese, uh, being obviously a big population here. But you know, I've asked my a lot of my Vietnamese friends, and they don't care for their like national team and national players. They're just like focus on the EPL basically. So. Dude, can um, you name me a professional Vietnamese soccer player? I can name you a Korean one. Song, that's what you Sun Young Min, yeah. But no, one I, for Arsenal, Matsiatu or whatever. That's the, Tomiyasu. the funny thing because some people really are like, oh, if you do this, you fill up the stadium. No, you won't, man. I, I, I've asked like a bunch of people and they just like, I don't care for my national team. Because even like going to the World Cup, you know, some of them, I think Vietnam got eliminated in the uh, phase before the final, uh, uh, I guess, part of their qualification, and people don't care. It was kind of interesting, though, because they love soccer. They just don't care for it. Because I guess maybe they know their nation sucks, I guess. <laughs> but Yeah, man. I was going to say, though, like from their region, the only one that comes out is Japan and uh, Australia that always gets qualified in their third place. It's a playoff round with like either from. So well, from. I mean, you get Korea, usually South Korea, you get Japan, and then well, Australia, I think, moved to like Oceania. So, Oceania. Yeah. Oceania. They, they, they completely moved out because they were kept running into Japan, I guess. But yeah. And, and then obviously Saudi Arabia now, it's part of the, uh, the Asian Confederation. So, um, it, it it's funny because there's but i think nigerian like you mentioned finn is one that definitely feels like we don't cater to and man this is a conversation we're gonna have forever because i feel like a lot of the marketing is like barking up the wrong tree going into like hip-hop and all this stuff that i feel like it's it's not 
it's not benefiting anybody. I don't know that hip hop is big with Nigerians. I don't even know. I don't know what kind of music Nigerians listen to, to be honest. Uh, yeah, me neither. I mean, it could be it. be something similar like that or, you know, reggae-wise. I mean, uh, from my college days, I took African disporing. Jesus, man, they do, like, everything. It's, you know, basically from those roots. All right, none of these none of these genres of music. Okay, they have Nigerian reggae, and the rest is, like, Afrobeat is one. Oh, I've heard of them. Waka music? Palm wine? That sounds like fun. Yeah, uh, no, I, I I don't know any of these genres. Exactly. I don't, I, still, I don't know what they listen to. Yeah, you just want to listen to uh, what is it called? Mike Jones trying to give you his phone number, man. That that's what we're, <laughs> we're that's what we're at. Who? Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Jones. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, One. yeah. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so yeah, the game ends up being a fun game. I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll we'll start with you. Um, Vincent, you were there. Um, first half, pretty exciting in my opinion. You know, you got four goals scored. Um, your just your thoughts on that first half, man. Uh, the penalty took a lot of the life out of the stadium. I mean, it, granted, it, it it galvanized the fan base with our hatred of Kyoto, who, like you, I like. I liked him. I thought he was so talented. I think that we didn't support him the way he needed it. <clears throat> because if you look at Nobody can really say he couldn't acclimate. We were full of Hondurans. So something happened here where we didn't support him as a younger man. And we failed him. But we, oh my God, we failed so many. Juan Belowski, we failed him. But uh, no, I mean, we looked good. Considering we were playing Montreal, we looked, we we were competitive. Right. And that's that's what we're looking for is, is to be competitive, not like we were in Philly. That was a disaster. But to be competitive and to show progress. And we were competitive with a back line that did not start opening day that has not played a single game together. I don't think out of MLS game. Yeah. And combined, you can count their starts on one hand. Yeah. So, I mean, we know the situation, what well, we don't I've there's rumors with Hadebe. That's it's more than, it's not an injury. I don't know if that's true, but we know that our defensive situation has been poor. And we went back to old reliable Eric and he was, he did Zarek things. He didn't score on us, so he, he's improved. Yeah, it's been it was interesting too, um, Manny. I don't know if you were able to like hop on the uh, post game conference or not, but it was interesting to see or to hear from Nagamura um, in the sense of like this is going to go back to the whole Nagamura in Nagamura out. I, I'm still with Nagamura. I think that he does deserve some time. Um, because compared to like the last coach we had, I do feel there's definitely way more potential. It seems like he understands the game. He, uh, tries to adapt. Uh, one question that was asked was the fact that how come he put, you know, an extra defender? Cause obviously at halftime, Memo Rodriguez comes out, um, and, uh, we see the, uh, debut of what's his name? Michael, Michael Dos Santos. Is that his name? Yeah, the big tall Brazilian center back. Manny, are you are you Naga in or Naga out? Me at the moment. Hey, be honest, I'm, man. I'm, You're good. Hey, 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 I got Finister right here. He's gonna <laughs> bring me like a lie detector. At the moment, <laughs> at the moment, I'm I'm Naga in because reasons why, like you like you said, uh, Rudy, like he is bold enough to make changes in this tactical lineup with the players he has. You know, like for instance, like the right back. 
no one, no one, none of us thought maybe halfway through the season that we will see Zarek back in the lineup because you know he had Dorsey, who's you know he's he's there for pace and stamina. He runs up and down the field. His you know his body in a way of he's maybe not the good defender, but he gets a job done just being present and uh, hovering. Zeka is more of a wing back. You know, he gets a lot forward, does a lot of crosses in, but not really good defensively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we never see Zach, uh, Zarek. So, you know, our initial thoughts, I think he was out. But versus uh, Mon- uh, was Vancouver, I thought he played a solid game. Yeah. You know, not not really, you know, mistakes is that was pinned to him. You know, it was, you know, everywhere around the around our game, though that we lost that game, but I think he was, you know, he proved some people wrong. Like, hey, we need to get rid of Zarek, but I think he's been doing fine. And, uh, and you know, I could see that Nagamuro is still, he's still trying to find his best 11. Not, it's not a bad thing because, like he always says in the press conference, we will always have problem finding consistency. Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not even his fault at this point. It's just the players, to be honest, players just show up on the games they want to show up for and 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 don't show up where the most important game uh, of the season could be or you know I like you know for instance like FC Dallas you know of course it's a rivalry of course and the players showed up but don't you think you should show up against Philadelphia yeah. you know who's like first in the east and can punish you but you we didn't see that you saw and I think it's not a mode to play you know he sets a team he sets a tactics but at the end of the day, you know, the players have to, sh- you know, show up. And I think he's he's trying to manage the best he can. And I think, uh, you know, before I let uh, Finn kind of jump in and, and talk a little bit about it, I also see the fact that you hear people, especially on Twitter, you which is like a terrible place to just go in for anything, guys. But, uh, you know, the fact that they keep mentioning, oh, Dungamori lost the team, this and that. I don't see that. I feel like the the team, like, you know, most of the players seem to be very committed and uh, and are actually trying, working hard. You know, I mean, we know like Fafa is a workhorse, right? He's going to be there defensively. Uh, he's going to hustle all the time. Is he that talented? No, I feel, I, in my opinion, I feel like he is a one-trick pony that doesn't help in certain situations, whether it be, you know, assisting the striker, right? That's one thing. Um but there's players like that, but they're still out there, you know, kind of giving their all. And I don't, I don't know your thoughts on, on that, Finn. Like, do you think the Nagamura lost the team already? Is that something that you believe? I mean, I, I wouldn't even know. I'm not there. That's that's the thing with all this stuff. It's it's conjecture. It's a new word I'm kicking around. Conjecture. It, it means like it's based off of we don't know. And there's so many people that are telling us things based off of not actually knowing like he's lost the locker room you're not in the locker room no the team isn't trying are you in their heads yeah like we we can only go off of what we see for 90 to 180 minutes a week and if you look at what we've seen have we seen guys not hustle yes uh, zeka okay what happened bench of course Uh uh-oh a man oh it's back Okay, I don't know how much you, did you how much did you lose? You just said Zeka, and that was it. All right, so Zeka comes out, doesn't hustle, right? right? We all can agree defensively, he leaves a lot to be desired. 
Next thing you know, Zarek Valentin's on on the on the field, starting the game twice. So there are people that haven't performed or looked like they weren't trying, and they disappear. Look at Tiago. Yeah. On the same note, Adam Lundquist's wife was, you know, about to give birth, and he was on the pitch. Yeah. So tell me that he's lost the locker room when his wife is at home about to burst, and he's playing a game with other grown men. Yeah. So I, no, I, we can't know. And, uh, you know, one thing about Nagamura, I was never like truly sold on his pedigree until I read this article about like uh, the other Paulinho, it's called, about his time at Arsenal. Have you read this? Mm-mm. Okay. He spent three years in the Arsenal system under Arsene Wenger. He spent three years learning from, oh God, I hate that I'm going to say this because I despise Arsenal. He's a good coach, man. The second best coach of all time yeah, behind Alex Ferguson. Right then and there, when I read that, I said, this is our guy. Because if you look, he's one, not with SKC2. But as a player, he's won. His senior clubs have won. I think he has. he's won five league cups throughout his playing career in some way, shape, or form. He's won, a, what was it, an English U19 or U20 championship. He's won everywhere he goes, and he has pedigree from winning coaches and winning systems. And this is our guy, man. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it happens every now and again. But I, I really think he's our guy. And like I said before, Glenn Davis is Naga in. So we are all actually correct. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, he went through, if you look at the coachings that he had throughout his career, are some of the, the best ones, you know, uh, whether it be, like you mentioned, in uh, in Arsenal, then being in LA Galaxy, he uh, probably had. Uh, I, I'm not looking it up right now, but I think it's probably Bruce Arena or Sigi. Um, then going to Sporting KC, obviously you have. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, you have uh, Burmese, and then even with Tigres, you know, in Mexico, I'm sure he had like it's just different, <laughs> different, uh, a rich uh, um, amount of just diversity on the coaching and so i think he's and, and and you mentioned this i think on your show the fact that he uh he is barely getting started you know he's barely kind of finding his his feet in this new um face in his life as of, of being a first team coach for a professional team um it like for uh, any of us right whatever um field we are the next step you know that it's uh whether a managerial step there's a lot to learn from from people and getting to know people and if we just are quick to you know see the man the results are not there but yet the players are the same basically from last time what is that about and then people are obviously going to question the fact of well Ache Ache got here and the team got worse well Look at the teams you're playing. You're playing pretty much everybody top four of the, you know, their conference. So it's just apart from Philadelphia, we haven't looked bad, you know, and and that's maybe my opinion. And I definitely will tell you that, you know, if Nagamura is not here for second season, that's fine, man. You guys, you know, a lot of people that want him out got their wish. And we'll probably see it happen again, right? Whoever comes in, they probably may not get the results that we want as long as the team remains the same. But it's a whole new project because you're going to have to get 
uh, new players for that coach because he probably won't want Ache Ache or Sebastian Ferreira. Uh, and it's just a vicious circle. Uh, it's funny because Rodrigo, and I'm going to send this to, um, to you, Finn. Uh, but Rodrigo posted this picture of like Chivas, take Chivas, for example, right? A team that I follow in Mexico and they've been pretty, pretty awful throughout the years. They've gotten lucky to win, you know, one or two um, league titles. And then they won the, uh, uh, the champions league back in, I think 2018. And uh, there's a, Rodrigo sent this really funny picture of just basically like the vicious circle that it is Chivas. So like, you know, a new coach comes in, does good. He's given like three months. He loses three matches and kick him out. And it's just a vicious circle, man. And that's like the worst thing you want to do. Um, you just don't want to keep having that revolving door of coaches coming in and out. And money, I don't know if you're there. I know you shut down your uh your camera, but dude. I mean, even looking at the uh the all or nothing, you know, the new Arsenal uh season, it's pretty crazy how even though it didn't turn out all that great at the end of the year, and I'm not finished with the season, but we know that he they finished uh uh not top four. Um, but it's really incredible the way that you know, given the opportunity to uh Michael a third uh what is his name? Arteta? Is that his last name? Yeah. Okay. Um I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Nagamura is going to be the next, you know, uh, coach like him. But it's just it's just a matter of giving them time, and and I I don't know your opinion on that. You know, this is uh, technically is quote unquote third season, but you know, the first season he came in the after January, no, before January, just before like almost like Christmas, around Christmas time. You know, he saved the season with a FA Cup. You know. And then he did it again, and the last time he uh, he did. But like, I feel like you know that documentary, you know, it didn't go deep in like okay, you know, like the scandals and some of the things that happened. But he kind of give a like a view how different was the beginning of that season compared to right now. You know, it's like two different teams. To well, be yeah, and, and that's good that you say that because didn't he lose like three games that, you know, three straight games with like one goal scored or something like that? No, it was, it was three a games zero? with zero goal score. Zero yeah. goal score. And, and how he, he, he lost. He just wanted him out. I mean, yeah, but also, I think I think the important thing was that there was no preseason that year because of COVID and that uh, and then five of his starters were either injured uh, pending the transfer or COVID. So you had like a bunch of people out. And so it was like, of course you're going to lose. Like, of course you're going to lose. And then, but, but taking that prospect, you know, that view of aspect of like how bad that season was when it started, how it ended and coming to this season, you know, they got their signings early, you know, they offload the players they wanted to offload and look at the first two games, you know, of course, was is Crystal Palace and uh, Brentford, uh, but it's a completely different side compared to what started the season before, and I think that's the what we need for Dynamo. You know, you know, uh, Seek or Swim. I think we need a, someone to be here long term, that one or two years, and then we we kick them out because what we have here, what we're trying to do, is a project, and you can't abandon ship a project. 
you know, have made, if you do, is like, okay, what was the point of those two seasons if you're going to restart everything again? And so we'll be just in the same mess as we in before Nagamura. So I think just give him time, you know? And, yeah, and I mean, I was going to say to Finn, you know, I don't, I don't want you to talk about Arsenal. I know that's your, uh, your big rival, man. But, uh, you know, another thing, too, is like people... And again, we're not, I'm not saying Nagamura is going to be like Michael Arteta or Arsenal because you're comparing oranges and apples, man. They're just completely different, you know, uh, whether it be budget or just history or whatever. But it's just the, the principle of giving a coach time to figure himself out. And I, what's your perspective on, on that fan? You know, just, just allowing a coach to kind of, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, learn well i mean first it's been like 2300 days since arsenal have finished above tottenham in the premier league sort of point that out uh that might be why the fans are so frustrated uh but okay first when, when anybody compares and rudy don't this is not directed at you uh they they go out there and they're like well conte did it Mourinho could right, do it right Klopp, right. Yeah. guardiola yo those guys are managing clubs that are spending top 15 in the world not just their league we're, we're still like 20th in spending okay you're comparing a 38 year old first year head coach with limited resources a late hire with a late gm hire to a guy to to men that are are that can buy whatever player they want for the most part. It's an unfair comparison. It's like comparing LeBron James to like a middle school basketball player. <clears throat> that kid's no good. He can't he can't score on LeBron. Yeah, it's it's not the same comparison. I don't know if that's a good analogy. But you can't compare him. And yet yeah, you and, have and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I in my case I'm just referring to the principle of allowing a a, a coach to learn. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we see that often. We see people mention how, oh, well, look, if if this coach came into Chelsea and you see such a big difference and look how, you know, this the new coach at Tottenham made such a big change. And it's like, it's not the same. The resources are not there. First of all, we have, if you're looking at the Dynamo as a whole, what did we get? A Taguinho that doesn't even play? Like, we haven't seen anything uh, roster related to to show that. And so when people keep saying Naga in, Naga out, and there hasn't been any kind of roster changes or noticeably, um, we, we, we can't compare them, man. You really can't. Yeah, and you know, one thing that kind of irks me, I've been a fan of a sport and I've been a player of a sport. And then I moved into the coaching realm where I got paid to coach the sport. Okay, I'm gonna, we'll use American football as my example. Let me tell you, if you haven't coached the sport, if you haven't, I guess, been paid, it's a different game when you're being paid and you can lose your job if you lose. Because we could. If we lost and our head coach got fired, we were we were going too. All right? It, luck, it never happened to me, but it happens. I'm not coaching anymore, but it, eventually you'll get fired. 
the amount of work that goes these guys do it's it's insane the coaches and for us to pass these judgment calls these knee-jerk reactions of the lunatic fringe and say naga out it's uncalled for we're like i said you're you're making assumptions and you're not walking in their shoes you're just judging them based off a snippet we see nine yo high school football in texas i swear to god i worked 100 hours a week and i know there's people out there like that's not a lot it is when you only play it or watch it on tv because if you watch the game I worked a hundred hours a week for you to watch a two hour football game and judge me on that. You didn't see the other 98 hours. So we are much too fast. Not all of us, but some of us are getting there and it's like, uh, slow down. No, he needs time. Yeah. And I was going to add something and I'm completely blanking on it. But anyways, uh, if we're talking about the players, right. Of like people saying, quote unquote, Oh, he lost the team. I don't see that. I don't feel that. I feel like the team, because the players do a good job of like, you know, coming in and out, apart from being a professional, right? Because you can be professional and you can still be a guy that doesn't want to be there and gets as easily asked to be, you know, Nazi minutes. Again, we don't know maybe what's happening with, um, obviously that happened with DQ in the past. It happened with uh, Fafa for a bit this year. Hadevi's going through something, but yet again, we don't know and, and put in, speculations out there that are basically pointless because uh, obviously by now maybe Fafa would have been playing in Mexico like it was rumored for a couple you know months back but um what I do see though it's uh after every loss I think the frustration continues to grow for the players and obviously for the coach and that is normal um i being there, being in the uh, post game conference, uh, they it, we didn't really hear a lot of screaming or shouting. Uh, it seemed like players were just mad at the fact that they played well, they left everything out there, and they just you know obviously didn't get the win. And what's funny though is uh, Daniel Stedis was the first one to uh, or the only player to talk to the media. And then Nagamura right after. Um, and what I will say, though, is that uh, we were told that the uh, locker room was going to be open since they opened it up recently, maybe about a month ago. Um, but really, at the end of the game, it wasn't open. They decided like not to open it. And I think it's because all the guys had left. That I don't like. I don't like when the players, you know, don't just basically act more mature and be more professional about it. Yes, you lost a game that maybe you really thought you were going to maybe get something out of. And it's embarrassing to do it in front of your hometown but or your home stadium. But the fact that that did happen, the fact that the locker room was closed apparently, um, plus I was thinking of leaving it, something you don't even get to interview, like the player you want to interview. But uh the other thing, and I told it on the uh, on our group chat for Dynamo Theory, uh, there, every time when we're walking out, there's like a, a, a good amount of people that stay behind to get autographs. And we always see like two, three of the players just go out there before they leave. There's nobody out there, like nobody out there, like players wise. There was a big line of people and they kept looking to see if a player popped up. And obviously here comes the media guys and they're looking at us like, where the hell are the players? But um that rubbed me the wrong way. And again, I don't know what that means. I don't think the the um 
that that says, oh, you know, your loss of locker room. No, I think it's the frustration just building up. And I don't know if that makes sense or if that, you know, makes any of y'all want to throw in some comments, but feel free because I don't have a question to add there. I'd like to point out that Daniel Steris has now scored more goals this season than Martin Odegaard after the performance on Saturday night. Uh, going back real quick, Rudy, you mentioned something about uh, rumors. That stuff's like poison, especially with the way social media is now and how fast things can spread. It spreads like fire. And as a society, we just believe it because we read it online. Just because somebody wrote it, people are like, it's it's true. It's got to be. I read it on a, t- on a screen. Right. Uh, it, it kills clubs, man. And like people have come after me for being like too positive. Like you're not being realistic. I am. And I'm being positive because who wants to be negative all the time? It's just, it's, I, I can't do that because if I'm negative, I'm going to go into every game thinking we're going to lose. And I don't, I go in the exact opposite. And then I look like, I look like an idiot on social media hours later. Happens all the time. But uh, sorry, Manny, I know you wanted to jump in, man. My bad. No, it's cool. Uh, I was going to say, um, you know, I didn't date, you know, it's, um, uh, it's the players, it's their job, you know, uh, you know, if, if you're chosen to sign autographs that day, you know, I know I get it. You're frustrated you didn't win the game, but, you know, show love to the fans that, you know, way out there for uh, in line to autograph you. Even though you didn't play a good game, the fans still appreciate and still love you, you know. You know, uh, what was it? After that game, I, I saw the video uh, that Chivas made. Uh, you know, the players, all the players came out to the press conference and uh, and told the fans and the media to tell the fans, you know, like we, we want you to continue supporting us. They haven't won like four the last four games, and they say like you know if we still want you to come, you know don't abandon us for the rest of the season. And it's like well if you want to come, like we, the players will buy the fans tickets so they keep coming. You know I don't get, I don't mean like okay have the players do that at a certain extent, but you know uh, you know. You know, sometimes you we have to swallow up a pride and be like, you know, you know, it's why I represent for the club. But uh, I think, I think uh, it's something you know, I, I I give them respect because you know the players are humans. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we always think they're like better than everyone else, but you know, in reality, they're not. You know, if we as fans are frustrated, you know, about the result of Saturday, imagine them. You know, who actually had to play. And uh, and yeah. fight to win the win. And like so, Finn said, I mean, we only see two hours of it. You know, they put in the work every week. Um, we don't know if they do any extra stuff, but they're out there, you know, busting their ass trying to get get the results, and they're just not coming. Um, and uh, of course, the the first one's just gonna, you know, get the get get the fire or the heat towards is gonna be the coach, and. He has done a good job of, you know, taking the the bullets. But at the same time, it, it gets to the point that even for Nagamura, it has to be um, pretty, pretty frustrating the fact that he hasn't seen gotten any help. We have to be honest, too, right? Because whatever has been done in the past with, you know, Matt Jordan's regime of, you know, doing bad business, it obviously kind of still has fallen into this new season. and. And if Pat Onstan, you know, to an extent, 
basically has his hands tied to do any business, then everybody knows that they're waiting for, you know, the um, the contracts to end at the end of the year. And that's the only thing they can do. Uh, letting, you know, people were frustrated that Tyler Pasher got dropped. And to me, it made a lot of sense. You know, you open up our international spot, which that's pretty crazy that he wasn't already um, had, you know, like had a, a green card or something, being that he had played in the U.S. for so long. So that just bad business to me by by uh, Matt Jordan. And again, it's still spilling over. He was cheap, right? I mean, I'm sure uh, Finitary can tell us how many Tyler Pashers uh, it costs to get Sebastian Ferreira, which, I mean, I kind of miss those jokes. but and, and it was good to see him play, but it gets to the point that, like, you use him so much and you have no no room for him. And I don't know, Finn. That's that's just kind of, like, how I see that. Tyler Pasher? <clears throat> yeah, he just – he was – good for us in moments like he he was responsible for a couple moments of brilliance and that's what we remember and we we've held on to it and overlooked the fact that he's injury prone he really doesn't play a full 90 and if you can't admit that he looks better as a sub you haven't been watching the same game he's a better substitute what did he really provide nothing he was on the bench he wasn't even playing so i mean yes i will miss measuring transfer fees and Tyler Pashers because they're nice, even numbers usually. But uh, if we can get a winger in that can play, that's fine with me. We need one. The missing on Tiago, I think, is really what killed us this season. We were anticipating having him and Zek in that right side, just getting down the pitch and creating stuff, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, And, I mean, the good thing, too, is that we have to give, you know, just because we hit on Tiago – we can't see the fact that oh we we hit or we missed on Nelson's Guiones too, or we missed on you know whatever player may come next. You have to be able to uh, be optimistic and just give them an opportunity. We'll find out. I mean, surely we'll find out if they're another Bahamich or another Tiago. But let them, uh, you know, both of the whether it be the GM role or the head coach role. They are, you know, newbies at it. Um, you don't want them to keep hitting, you know, on bad players. But you also see the fact going back to the, you know, Michael Dos Santos starting. That was a pretty solid pick. He looked like he played MLS before. He came in uh, at halftime and he looked pretty solid, man. I think he may be the one that overtakes one of those defensive uh or sorry, center back positions in case, you know, whether Hadavi doesn't get signed to try to get rid of that DP or maybe team Parker gets moved. I don't know. Uh, obviously I think Daniel Starris is also contract is ending. So there's flexibility there and, and seeing players like that, that have been allowed time to develop in the second team and can move in into the first team and, and play well. That's a good sign to me, and that may be something that people are overlooking as well. Yeah, yeah I was. I think, oops, sorry, Manny, go. That's okay. Now I was thinking that you know, uh, I think I think it's a little bit different with Mikel. I think Mikel came with confidence and something. Uh, you know, he was uh, he had a few starts at uh, Atlético Mineiro uh, in Brazil. You know, still not easy league itself because you know they're they're pretty rough sometimes uh, when it comes to players. 
uh, starting. But uh, I feel like he, you know, and, you know, it's, and it's funny to see because he still knows zero English, but he plays, he plays football. You know, he plays the game. He understands what he needs to do, what what he doesn't need to do to help the team. And I feel like, you know, you know, I think Paul was realizing, you know, uh, or even just an organization realizing, you know, we do have a group of young, good players uh, in Dynamo too. You know, we don't have to keep, you know, go out looking for players. But I think I think Dynamo 2 players, like we mentioned before, they're young, still need to develop. You know, we're thinking about, you know, Brooklyn Waynes and Juan Castillo. Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's 17. Yeah. Juan Castillo is 17. Yeah, you great. know, they're, they're, they're crazy. It's crazy how young they are. And, but yet. And I was going to say, and you have to, people have to understand that everybody goes pro. I think that's something that people miss, you know. Whether it be they see a player and they're like, oh, they're doing so well, bring them all up. That's not how it works. There is a big step. You know, there's some players that may get stuck just playing in Diamond Dose or in, or in USL or whatever. And it's okay. It's just a part of it. If if not, then we would all be professionals. Yeah, well, let me ask you a question. If current you at your age met 17-year-old you, who would win in a fight? Oof. Probably me, right? I mean, I'm taking uh, current me. Yeah, exactly. What do you got, Manny? Oh, I take current me like 50 times. Yeah. I was so so lazy <laughs> at 17, so I'll I'll, I'll take my son right now. And yeah, that's I why mean, when people ask me or said they should play, that's my reason for saying no because physically their bodies aren't developed. If you put Tim Parker as big as he is and as bad as he's been, but if he bodied up Brooklyn Reigns or Juan Castillo, as small as they are, he would send them into the second row. Like, if he truly went after them. Yeah. Physically, they're not built yet to withstand this. That's why you only see a handful of teenagers right. that go pro in their country's top league, in major major leagues. Yeah, unless you're like Messi that has something special to you that, you know, low center of gravity, people can take you off the ball, and you can beat them by speed and dribble. And we don't have any of that. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult if you're just going to go, you know, 50-50 against people. It's not going to end well for you. At that or, or unless you're like 17 in the Bundesliga, by the time you're 18, you're like twice your size. I was like, man, what type of training or what type of workout meals they do there? Because, like, for instance, like Gio Reyna, he was like so skinny, scrawny at 16 when he was at Borussia Dortmund. But right now he's like 18. He's like three times the size he was when he started I was like, man, I like unless he's putting a dedication and working hard, or it's something maybe just the how the system structure and the league is to just to promote younger players. Yeah. But you know, it's but it gives a good point. Like you know, I think uh, Kenny mentioned one time in his uh, press conference. You know, the purpose of this those is trying to help players to get game time and see if they have the potential to help the first team. You know. It's like every youth academy, you know, like, like you know, every – if you look at your English Premier teams, your La Liga or Serie A or even, you know, Bundesliga, you have a bunch of academy players. Only like a handpick of them, you know, gets the contract of their senior team and excels. But that's that shows, you know, you know, you do have to fight your position. You do have to continue growing your game. Some people, you know, like uh, – what was his name? The wonder kid for uh for USA, oh my God, Freddie Adu. Yes. You know, yeah. You know, at sixteen, fifteen, people were like, oh, "These are the messy that we that we needed." And what happened, bro? <laughs> that it just they it just they push them too much. 
and that and that and that you know that he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready, and too much pressure was onto him that he just caved, and that's sad to see because you know we don't want our pressure on these kids. You know, let them grow, let them get their attributes, let them bulk up, and see after that how they're ready. You know the what you asked about how the guys at Borussia Dortmund because they get so big. Have you seen Rocky Four? <laughs> that's that's how they have the same doctors as Dolph Lundgren. Uh, dude, how many players like can we all name that as teens were good? Because I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna give you. You'll see the similarities: Messi, Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Deli Ali. He was uh, Busio because he's local. Uh, I mean, you have the Tropolisage there too, then. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, he was okay. Young when he got yeah, started. Pulisic. Now, what do they all have in common? There's attackers. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, they're all household names for the most part. Yeah, that's a list of like six people, yeah. and Busio is questionable. We'll right. see. But if if you're naming a guy who was good as a teen, there's a chance that they were just a generational special talent. Yeah. It's more than likely, actually. Yeah, yeah, that. Exactly. And so the, that's the the thing too, you know, there is players and I, I've mentioned this before, you know, do I, I love Marcelo Palomino, you know, seeing him kind of the player that he's developed uh, and obviously outside of the, uh, outside of the, the field, but players like him, players like Talon uh, Maples, you know, like take Maples, for example, the guy is 24 years old, 24 years old is usually really old for anywhere else in the world. Usually by then, um, a 24-year-old already played, uh, they already played more than 100 games for their team. It's just kind of, we have to take, and I'm not saying that he's not a bad player, and I'm not saying that he uh, may never get a a fair shot of playing, you know, in the MLS. But because there's also similarities to maybe like Aaron Long, right? Aaron Long for um, New York Red Bulls, he got to the New York Red Bulls at, similar age to be honest and obviously he was able to win defender of the year and stuff like that so it's not impossible but it is definitely harder and but you do need those players to guide other players like in you know maple being the captain of those he is there to the game that we just mentioned against colorado rapids i mean brooklyn Rays was about to lose his mind and the one that you see uh, kind of holding him back and just kind of keep trying to keep him cool was Maples at the end of the day. So those those players are still vital to the system and to the uh, the culture you're trying to build for sure. So, um, but again, not everybody is going to be a top tier pro. Um, Manny, you want to add anything on that? Yeah, I was adding as well. You know, it's not even telling Maples all either. You know. The system where MLS had it at the time when he was 18, 17. Is this, is this something that we have right now? You know, like MLX, uh, like MLX Next or MLX Next, Next Pro, you know? He had to go to the college system. He had to find, you know, an academy that, you know, it was either MLS Academy or, or college system. And he had to go, you know, through the whole lengthy spell to get where he's at right now. And, but, you know, it's not his fault. You know, it's just the way. For sure. Know, to you. Right. The US system is, but you know, but you can see already, you know, he may not be the finished pro- product, but you can see already attributes and qualities that you can't teach anyone those qualities or attributes. Something that comes in with 
tough work, dedication, and, and you know, uh, you know, you know, MLS is built differently. You know, it's not like the Premier League or you know La Liga. You know, you have to be in your prime at that age. Yeah. You know, we we do have. I mean, you we have Chiellini in the league who's thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's thirty nine. Yeah, and, and no, you're right, and that's why, like, in in Maple's case, I mean, he again, I'm not saying that he's not gonna play MLS. He could come in and take over, you know. The I mean, center back is as much as we pay the guys that we have. You know, they haven't really provided enough to say, you know, this are the guys for the long term. So, you know, we've signed both of or in this past game, you know, Michael and talent were both signs on short-term loans maples didn't see the field uh, at, at all on the uh, or the game sheet but michael did and it, it, it makes sense that you're giving that those opportunities to those players uh time will tell but again if you are you know dead set in your mind that everybody on those is gonna come into the first team uh you're gonna be very very disappointed yeah, and you, those guys, they haven't even earned a spot on the bench as regulars yet. Like, that's the right progression. You should go from dose to the bench and appear in cup games and as a sub. And then, because you, you get a look, you get a taste, we get a feel, we get, we get to see what you look like. And then you get into the first team. You know, there's, there's a process that we just saw. We want to skip it because we want a quick fix. Yeah, and another thing, too, even the starters, you know, for a while, uh, just a name that I'm thinking of, it's like Reese Miller was the starter um, for those, and he decided to just end up going to college. So he's playing with the University, I think, of Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds like an accountant. (laughs) Reese Miller. Reese Miller. But So, I mean, chances, guys are going to take different paths and, you know, try to make it pro- technically he was a pro but he didn't sign a a, a full professional contract but still you there's going to be those those, everybody looks for a different path especially here in the u.s you know there's it's not like uh, everywhere else in the world that you go through the academy or you get i mean people get like found playing out in the streets and they get nice contracts but guys do you guys have anything you guys want to add before we kind of uh, go towards the uh, closing of the show, Finn. I'd like to see, like you said, we you can find guys in the streets. I want to see Onstad assemble a street scouting team and just disperse them through the various neighborhoods of Houston. I mean, I, where would y'all start? Because I'm I, starting probably in. Oh God, I I hate to say this, but I think Katy is a good area. Yeah, There's a lot of woodlands, uh, woodlands too. Holy moly! Yeah, the woodlands, Katy. Um, Pasadena would be a good one, but I know for sure, Katie. There's, there's just a, a lot of uh, um, Central American. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a bunch there, man. That you can I just, go and I, in, I, in my mind, I pictured like a scrawny little intern with a clipboard walking through like Third Ward. And no, man, and that's the thing too. No, you're right. I mean, we kind of joke about it, but they should be scouting. Uh, all the all the Sunday leagues, all the you know bowl league, like there's a lot of young guys that are, show up there. They're like trying to make it into college or whatever. Yeah, there's, there's easy ways. You know? there's easy ways to scout high school kids, and you just use the, the all district, all state teams. Like those are easy, simple ways to scout yeah, them. That's true. Uh, but there's like they were saying today, Glenn was there's seven and a half million people here, and we we found memo. Right, right, and, and, and I guess, he was like uh, two hours away. 
And wasn't Tyler Derrick one too? Wasn't he a homegrown? Uh, or was it Johnson? Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah, Derrick was. I don't know where he played. He's in RGV. No, he's in RGV right now, but I'm saying I don't know where in Houston area he was from. Yeah, I know he came from the academy, but yeah. Yeah, and and that's what it is, man. I think better scouting, and and there's so much. I mean, you can go into further detail just because of, like, how the academies really don't – a lot of them don't want to associate with the Dynamo because they felt like they were getting – their players stolen like Memo Rodriguez, you know, they, they took them from Houstonians, uh, I believe. So anyways, I mean, there's a lot of empty promises there too, because people see a little bit of um, a talent and they want to exploit it right away. And sometimes mm-hmm. if you look at the history and uh, that'd be good, I guess a shout out to the, the last episode we did with Victor Arisa. He also mentioned the fact, you know, a lot of um, players were just kind of, um, uh, fast pace to the first team, and then just basically non-existent anymore. Which is which is not good because that's how you start burning bridges, man. You need to uh, do a better job of developing players. Um, Manny, anything you want to add? No, I was just say, man, I'll, I'll put in even Spring Branch or Cypress on yeah. the list. To be honest, because I see a lot of soccer fields, and like I remember back in my day, uh. And even like a friend of mine who 1972? played. Nineteen seventy two. Yeah, no. <laughs> but well, even a friend of mine that played, you know, uh, you know, Spring Branch and uh, and Cypress at the time were like, the, I think the team's hard to be uh to be with in soccer in the, in the Houston area, but uh, I think those two because they have, you have a lot of Hispanics and a lot of like uh fields that a lot of people do play, and you have a lot of Sunday League right there as well. No, yep. but other than that, I think I think as well, you know, you know, like 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 you said already, you know, give these players uh time to grow, you know. But we don't want we don't want to exploit them and then and then have all these fans, you know, crazy, you know, it's like, oh he wasn't ready after all. You know, what do you think what do you think a seventeen year old, a sixteen year old, an eighteen year old to handle all this pressure uh, yeah. you know, of trying to produce and you know, and he's still raw, you know, it's it's gotta take time. I couldn't even get home on time when I was 16. We want these guys to perform as professionals. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But and there's a lot of people that do. All right, guys, it was a great night, great conversation. Finister, man, tell the people how they can connect with you. Uh, just Google Houston Dynapod or Best Houston Dynamo Podcast. And uh, y'all may find out who's Finister. Finister, who's Finister? Who's Finister? Are we still doing that? Was no, that was Sean that asked me yeah. that. God, <laughs> that's why I, I don't know why I thought of that. I, I was thinking like we've done this already. Who's Finister? I was like, I was what? like what do you mean? I was having a psyche valve. <laughs> um, insane. Yeah, just Google Houston Dynapod. And uh, thanks for having me on, dude. Like I said, Manny, it was good meeting you. You're a cool guy. Uh, all the guys that do your show are cool. I still think you should let Rodrigo talk more though. I I think so too, man. I think I'm gonna let him uh, run with the show. I feel bad because, like I said, he was uh, uh, he's probably home. Actually, I don't know. Is he like your little brother or older he's brother? My, yeah, he's my younger brother. That's why you're doing it. You're picking on him still. I well, that and freaking Christian does talk a lot. You know, he's he's definitely the uh, the one that will have like a thousand things to say. 
And a gazillion I mean, questions. Yeah, yeah, gazillion questions. I mean, he has great content, but oh, I love Christian. Love but, him. Uh, Dude, yo, I love him so much. I listened to him talk by himself when he did Quattro Quattro Dos. Oh yeah, like yeah. that's how much I enjoyed listening. But but the, the 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 fact that you point out Rodrigo's thing, and uh, it's true because for the longest time, I've gotten better of trying not to talk as much and Dylan and then go with it. But the first couple of episodes we did, Rodrigo would like not talk for like the first 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, wait, Rodrigo's here. Yeah, that's why I said it. Like, it is yeah. better. It's it's <laughs> it's more equitable now. But in the beginning, I was like, what's up with Rodrigo? Yeah. Like, and he's, I know he's very insightful, too. That's what's funny. Yeah, he is. And uh, he's he was doing he hasn't had much time to be like uh joining a lot of the press conferences, but he will ask like Nagamura like some good questions. And Nagamura's reaction was just hilarious, man. Like, yeah. I mean the whole Seca thing was funny because like he just basically Rodrigo was like, we will we, we'll see Griffin Dorsey play on the wing and like Seca play. And Nagamura was just like, Oh, do you want me to tell you the lineup already? And sure enough, that weekend he that's what exactly what he played. So it was pretty funny, man. Is like, Rodrigo Nagamura? Yeah, Rodrigo. Is Nagamura Rodrigo? Yeah, he sees the game different. And, you know, that's funny that you mentioned about other sports because Finister, one thing that, I mean, we know that you didn't grow up with soccer, football, however you want to call it. Um, but we definitely see that you understand the just uh, sports period, man. And I think oh, yeah. that that's always a good thing, you know, and especially when it's other sports because – um yeah anyways i think that's always beneficial because some yeah. people don't you gotta be it. able to like yeah. you gotta be able to empathize and put yourself in your shoes i guess to an extent and just take a step back for sure man but manny do you want to tell the people uh how they can connect with you man yeah it's uh by twitter um manny vela four so manny you found my tweets and all my all my uh quote unquote exclusive content jk no i have no content there <laughs> You just retweet and like that. That's cool, man. But thank you guys. Thank you. Dine, or I'm, I'm going to change it now. I'm going to say Houston soccer fans. Thanks for uh, listening to us. Uh, don't forget to hold it down. And I messed up, right? Uh, don't, don't forget to hold it down and keep it forever orange and go dynamo. Hello. Hello. <laughs>